Money in the Bank 2020. What up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Drew Unscripted coming at you guys with the Money in the Bank pay per view review for 2020. Was the risk worth the reward? Let's find out, guys. So, right off the bat, guys, you know, I was very excited about this pay per view. Just for the fact that we were going to get some more cinematic work done for, of course, the Money in the Bank ladder match. I had no idea how they were going to do this, but I heard that, you know, they were, it was, because you got to remember, it was filmed with advance. They had already filmed it, and I was kind of like, okay, well, and there were rumors that there were going to be a big spot. Someone was going to fall off the tower. It's been hinted at several times, and, <laughs> well, we will talk about it, guys. <laughs> we had two casualties. We'll talk about it. Want to get into the kickoff, man. Before I get started, I just want to say hopefully all you guys had a good Mother's Day. Hopefully you guys got to spend some time with your moms, got them gifts, all that good stuff. Very important day for them, for the mothers of everyone and stuff like that. Hope you guys are keeping each other safe. Hope you guys are staying positive. Let's get into the review, man. So we had the kickoff. We had one match on the kickoff. We had Jeff Hardy taking on Cesaro. Jeff Hardy returning of course, this past week on SmackDown. Um, this was a good match. I thought as far as a kickoff match, this was a great match. Obviously, Cesaro is a great wrestler. He always has been a great wrestler. He's a guy that, unfortunately, they've never really done much with, and it's unfortunate. Jeff Hardy, of course, is one of the best of all time in terms of like his character, in terms of his personality, in terms of the way he connects with fans all around the world. You know, the extreme enigma, the charismatic enigma, the founding father of Darby Allen. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. No, but this was good. This was great, man. This was a great back and forth match. I really enjoyed it. Cesaro put in a lot of good work. Jeff Hardy, of course, was great. Hit a hell of a swanton for this match, and he got the victory. So, yeah, look, unfortunately, it's it's another loss for Cesaro. But Cesaro, like I said, you know, everybody has a spot in the company. And I think Cesaro is just one of those guys that's he's a great enhancement guy. He can get his opponents over by being an, an enhancement. And he can also wrestle the hell out of an opponent. And it's just unfortunate. That's just what they see Cesaro as, obviously. And it is what it is. I mean, you know, could Cesaro be a main eventer in the WWE? I think he could. But I think for whatever reason, they just have never given him that opportunity. They've never given him... They've never given him that chance, and it's really unfortunate when you think about it because it's like you got a guy like Cesaro who can have a good match with just about anyone, you know, And but it goes to show you not everybody's meant to be a world champion. Do I think Cesaro could be a world champion? I think, you know what, maybe he can impress the hell out of you in that type of a role. I mean, we've seen him do it with the tag team division. We've seen him do it when he was a tag team specialist with Sheamus. I remember when he when he was the United States champion back in the day when he was called Antonio Cesaro. The guy was great, you know. In any other company, you know, I think he would be great too. I know Cody, Cody Rhodes actually said that, you know, he would love to have Cesaro if Cesaro's contract ever expired, which it will eventually. You know, I think Cesaro can main event in any capacity that he goes in for any company, whether it's a AEW or a Ring of Honor or an Impact or, you know, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood or NWA Power. You know, I think he could do it anywhere, man. You know, or maybe shit, if 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 someday he ever went down to NXT and they were to, you know, push him for the North American Championship, could you imagine how great that would be? Like, could you imagine a match between Cesaro and like a Keith Lee? 
or Cesaro and Killer Cross or freaking Cesaro and Tommaso Ciampa. I know we did see them in a tag match when DIY faced the bar. That was a great tag team match. That was a great SmackDown live television match, man. That was an awesome match. But either way, guys, a lot of respect for Cesaro. I've seen Cesaro live, I think, a couple times at a live event. And, of course, when I go to Raw or SmackDown, I've only been to one SmackDown show, you know, Raw. I've been to one SmackDown show in my whole life, and I've been to a couple Raw shows. Several, several Raw shows, actually. A couple Raw shows. But, of course, you know, going, go, oh, man, going back to wrestling shows, I'm missing my bar wrestling, guys. I can't wait to go back. But anyways, guys, this was this was a great match. Jeff Hardy, obviously, is going to be in a big feud with Sheamus. Interesting that he was facing Cesaro. You know, of course, Sheamus' former tag team partner. No interference from Sheamus, by the way. Sheamus didn't even come out or whatever, which I don't think it was needed. I think, yeah, this was a random match, but look at what you got. And give WWE, give WWE credit. You know, this is a match that people, I think, would want to see. Cesaro and, and Jeff Hardy. People love Jeff Hardy. You know, I think people like to see Cesaro from time to time, you know, so WWE is like, we're going to put this on the kickoff and now you're going to get people watching the kickoff for matches like this. And also with how great it was. Yeah, man. So that's kind of a smart move when you think about it from WWE. But now, guys, on to the main show. We had kicking off for Money in the Bank. We had the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. We had, of course, the New Day defending against Miz and Morrison Hey, hey, ho, ho, T defending also against the Forgotten Sons and the Lucha House Party. This was a great match. I th I think it would have meant a lot more if we wouldn't have seen these guys already tear it up on SmackDown. But this was a good match. Obviously, you know, all four teams are very talented. Of course, the New Day is and has been for a while their top tag team. I mean, they've won the belt so many times, you know. Some, some of the times it's kind of like, eh. Sometimes it's like, well, these guys are a great tag team. Miz and Morrison, you know, they were a great tag team back in the day. And, you know, they're coming back together. And now it's them, I think, with more experience as a tag team. So they're still, so now they're back together. But they have way more experience than they did back then. You know, they're fine, Miz and Morrison. I just, you know, so a lot of people feel like John Morrison is, like, ordinary. A lot of people feel like John Morrison is not as good as he as, is not being booked as good as he once was now you could say oh is he performing as good as he once was i think he's performing you know if not better than before because the guy you got to remember the guy joe morrison's not exactly a young guy no more he is a veteran but you know what the guy can still do amazing moves and i've had the pleasure of seeing him live several times at my shows and it's always a pleasure seeing joe morrison live and he's such a cool guy too i've met him a couple times he's such a chill dude <laughs> actually funny enough the last time I saw him, and that was actually the last time because I think that was before he got signed with WWE. I think he was able to do that last show because you never know when these guys officially sign. You know, you hear stuff in the dirt sheets, you hear stuff on the news, but you never know officially when these guys sign. Like, for all you know, they could they could have signed, you know, months ago and then all of a sudden it barely gets out. You know what I mean? You never know. Like, he could have signed months ago and then all of a sudden the news, you know, is out there. But I remember I got to meet him, and I actually – I was supposed to take a selfie with him. I asked him if I could take a selfie. And obviously, I see his wife, Taya Valkyrie, all the time at my, at my wrestling shows. She's super cool, too. She's super nice as well. And, of course, their little dog, Presley. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, by the way, I've seen at the show several times. That guy, that little dog, man, really fluffy in person, of course, because he's one of those, like, fluffy-type dogs. Those really, really fluffy-type dogs. 
But anyways, guys, I'm getting off topic because, you know, I'm a big dog lover. But I am getting off topic. I love cats, too. Eh, I'm still getting off topic. My bad, guys. <laughs> anyways, get back on topic, Drew. So... This was a good match. You know, like I said, I had the pleasure of meeting John Morrison several times. I was going to take a picture with him, but I actually ended up taking a video by accident. You could just see the guy loves what he does. And, you know, that's so much. That's so great. Forgotten Sons, man. You know, like I said, I was never a big fan of those guys in NXT, but they did put on some great matches, I think, in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. I forgot who they worked. I think it was Ricochet and Alistair Black, and it was a great match. You know, these guys, they're a good team. I just... You know, I don't know. I mean, the thing about... And the Lucha House Party are great, too. Those guys can do some pretty good moves, and they did some good moves. And by the way, um, I think it was uh, Lince Dorado. He was dressed kind of like Juventud Guerrero, so kind of a nice little little TB for Juventud, who was a great luchador back in the day. Still is, I think. Um, Overall, this match was great. I mean, let's be honest. You know, this match was good. These guys, they're not capable of having a bad match. I just think what it is is that, you know, it's overkill because we've seen these guys, it seems like we've seen them face off. I mean, you've seen, you know, the New Day, Miz and Morrison. You've seen, you know, the Forgotten Sons and, you know, you know, I mean, well, it's still kind of new because we never really seen the Forgotten Sons and like Miz and Morrison and a straight up tag. So I guess that's kind of fresh to see them mix it up a little bit. But, you know, we've seen these guys. It's just That just goes to show you the tag team division, it's not exactly presented that well. And if you heard the revival on, on Talk is Jericho, the revival, that's one of the reasons why they left was because it wasn't exactly, it wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, it was more like the way the tag team division was pushed. You know, and those guys at heart, those guys are huge wrestling fans. And I think the best thing about being in the business is that you are a huge wrestling fan because you, you just have more passion for what you do. And the tag team division exactly wasn't always, it hasn't been the best in the WWE for a long time. I think the last time the tag team division was good was when you had, you know, man, I can't even remember the last time I think the tag team division was on point. Because it's been a while, you know, you got to remember, WWE, you know, Vince, he's never seen money in tag team wrestling, you know, for whatever reason. But I think if, if done right, you know, you could have money in tag team wrestling. But for whatever, for whatever reason, the old man, Vince, you know, he just, I guess, has never never seen it. You know, he's never had money for it. And it's unfortunate because you have a lot of guys that can be great tag teams. You have a lot of teams that you can push. But like I said, this match was great. New Day, of course, retaining. Don't know what's going to happen next because, like I said, it's not like we have a lot of tag teams. So I have no idea what they're going to do next. I suppose you can build up. You know, maybe the Forgotten Sons to just have the New Day in a regular tag or whatever. But I don't know. It, it's it's hard to say. You know, you can kind of guess. Maybe we're going to get this match again just in a different way. You never, you know, you never know with these guys, man. But anyways, um, we had what was next. So we had, it was a match that should have been on the kickoff, but it wasn't. Because th that goes back to what I was saying about WWE kind of being smart. We had... Kind of another another random match, and I can I, I bet you anything we're probably gonna get a rematch maybe on Raw. But we had it was our truth taking on MVP. MVP guys, remember when he said he was gonna retire? Remember when he said he was retired? Yeah, me neither. MVP wrestled was gonna wrestle our truth, but of course MVP chickened out as a heel, and we got Bobby Lashley coming out. 
kind of a little bit of a TNA throwback because if you remember in TNA, you know, MVP and Bobby Lashley were actually part of a of a stable along with Kenny King. What was it? The Beatdown Clan. So, anyways, um, this match, you know, it, it really. It really wasn't even a match. It was basically MVP just kind of chickening out. And then Bobby Lashley came out. And Bobby Lashley was kind of MVP's, I guess, replacement or whatever. No idea. R-Truth is always entertaining. R-Truth is obviously, you know, he, he's a very entertaining guy. He's He's been around for forever. You got to love R-Truth. R-Truth is just, he's always been so entertaining. And, of course, you know, his stuff with the 24-7 champion, championship, is it played out? Yeah, because I've even gone record in saying, yeah, the 24-7 championship, I mean, it was entertaining at first. I feel like if you do more cinematic stuff with it, just let it be cinematic. It could save it. Like, let it have its own YouTube channel. A lot of people said, oh, don't have it on the main show. You could, but I think you can make it a whole lot better. I Like, I think WWE could find a way to make the title, like, more entertaining. That's just what I think. I think WWE can make almost anything entertaining but i just think you know it takes certain stuff maybe if you do cinematic i mean you don't want to do over the top with cinematic because then it's gonna it's gonna run its course as everything else does but like i said this is a squash i don't know what, what they're gonna do with lashley i honestly think you know SummerSlam match i said this a couple weeks ago on the podcast i said build up towards lashley and brock this that's the match people have been wanting to see that's the match brock I don't know if Brock's wanted it, but I know that's the match. That's the match that um, I know Lashley personally has wanted. That's why he came back to the company when you think about it. And they never did it. I don't understand why they haven't done it. You know, and I, I honestly think there's nothing for Brock to do right now. I mean, you don't want to put him back in the championship picture just yet. You know, why not do this match? Why not do him and Lashley? It's, think about it. It's brand new. We haven't seen it. We've wanted it. I've always wanted to see it. Why not do it? Like, and and it's not even that hard to book, too. Like, what could be the story? Well, you could do a story where Lashley someday just randomly calls out Brock Lesnar and wants to fight him. You know what I mean? But for some reason, WWE hasn't hasn't done that. You know, I don't I don't I don't know why they haven't done it. To be honest with you. But honestly, if I was booking this, that's what I would do. I would I would build up towards Lashley and, and Brock at SummerSlam. And who knows, maybe they're gonna do that. I have no idea. But the rumors the rumors with Brock is that Brock isn't gonna be back until they start doing live crowds. And that's his right. Hey, that's what he wants to do. Hey, it's optional. That's what he wants to do. But I don't know what else you're going to do with Bobby Lashley. There is really nothing else you can do for him. Because in reality, it's like, you're not going to have him challenge McIntyre for the championship. Even though I think that would be great. Because obviously, I think... Because obviously, him and McIntyre, those guys have had some great matches. I think, personally. If you see if you see their stuff in... Uh, if, you, if you were to see their stuff in... Um, that they did in, um, in TNA... And Impact, those, and I think it's TNA now. It's back to TNA. Him and Lashley had some good matches. So I think, yeah, you could always do that. But I think, you know, why not capitalize on a big match between him and him and Brock? You know, I wouldn't consider McIntyre and Lashley to be a big SummerSlam match. Maybe it could be. You know? But moving on, moving on guys, we had 
Next, we had the SmackDown Women's Championship. We had Bailey taking on Tamina. Bailey, of course, defending against Tamina. Match wasn't bad. It was not bad at all. Tamina did a lot better than I thought she would. You know, Tamina's look. Tamina, you know, she messes up here and there. But you know, let's be honest. The reason why she got that spot was because, you know, she stood up. She was the one to step up and said, "You know what? I'll take the role. You know, I'll be here day in and day out for as long as I have to." So I respect her for that. And Bailey's great. Bailey's a great competitor. She's one of their best in the division. You know, as a heel, I think it's kind of a. You know, sometimes she's good, sometimes she's not. Sometimes, like, the way she delivers is not that great. But, you know, no doubt about it, she knows how to play the heel persona when she wants to. And, of course, Sasha's a natural heel, you know what I mean? I think for Bailey, maybe Bailey's still trying to find that edge as a heel. I don't know how much she, how much she's learned from it. But, um, match wasn't bad. You know what, match, match wasn't bad. Was Was about as good as it could be. Bailey, of course, retained the championship as we knew she would, because I honestly believe that, you know, it is going to be Bailey and Sasha at SummerSlam. That is your SummerSlam match. That's what you have to do. Bailey and Sasha that is your SummerSlam match, and stuff like that. So we had Bailey retaining. Sasha kind of gave Bailey a little, little bit of a help. There were some tension between Sasha and Bailey at first, but I think you know now it's all about how they're gonna build up towards it. Now it's like, what are they gonna do for it? And it's it's important to see how they get to it from here. It's important to see how they. How they do it now? Like, how are you? How are you gonna do Bailey and 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 Sasha's Bailey and Sasha's um departure? Like, how are you gonna do? You know, their split. So it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what we got. But good match. Bailey retained as she should. Now it's it's important to have Bailey and Sasha for uh, for SummerSlam. So we'll see how WWE goes out with that. Who knows? Maybe we'll get the split. Because there's really no one else for Bailey to fight for to fight until SummerSlam. So they could literally start planning Bailey and Sasha's like legit split. I know they've been there there's been seeds, there's been falling out, but they could be legit planning it now for, for SummerSlam. Maybe this soon as fr soon as Friday on SmackDown. You know, we'll have to wait and see. And then we had the Universal Championship match. We had Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend, this time challenging Braun Strowman. Good match. I liked the intensity from Strowman. I liked Bray Wyatt laughing it off and kind of having a good time. You know, Bray Wyatt as Mr. Rogers gimmick, he's not bad. It's entertaining. I prefer The Fiend because I just love The Fiend so much. But I understand, you know, I actually can't understand why they didn't have The Fiend. But I guess they just the idea is they want to build towards... Him facing the fiend, which by the way, I do believe he is going to be facing the fiend pretty soon. Because the fiend's got to get the belt back. I'm sorry, the fiend's got to get the belt back. He has to. The fiend and Jeff Hardy, you know, take my money, man. Stro uh, Roman, you know, I was saying Roman and the fiend at SummerSlam, but to be quite honest, you know, I don't know when Roman's going to come back. The situation with him and WWE seems like so strange. I have no idea when. You know, we're going to get Strowman or Roman coming back 
for that matter. But good match. Um, there was this one spot where the Fiend or where Bray Wyatt was tossed into the ring post, and he sold that beautifully several times throughout the match. Just like the match with Miz, every time Bray Wyatt would take like a like a move, he would kind of sell it like he was laughing, which I liked. You know, I liked that. There was one spot. There was one part in the match where Bray was beating on Braun Strowman, knocked Strowman to the outside. Strowman all of a sudden rises up and he has the the black sheet mask on, which I thought was a little cool moment. Even though you know people people think, oh well, you know you're 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 you have a history. You know you have Strowman in the Wyatt family. Strowman wasn't really in the Wyatt family for that long, so I feel like he didn't do much in the Wyatt family. Like I felt like if you would have if you would have built towards you know Bray Wyatt and Brody Lee when he was Luke Harper here, hey man that would have been greater because to be honest you know Luke Harper was in the Wyatt family a little more longer than Strowman, but I get it you know obviously Brody Lee's not here no more he's doing his own thing and you know in AEW he's the exalted one he's doing a great job at it. Eric Rowan is released I don't know where Rowan's gonna be maybe Rowan's gonna be in the in the dark order maybe rowan will go to impact maybe rowan's gonna go to you know nwa no idea you know or or maybe or ring of honor you never know but i would i would suggest he's probably gonna go to AEW. he's probably gonna be in the in the dark order which wouldn't be bad you know history's there but when fans come back expect a expect a wyatt family chant or maybe a bludgeon brother chant you know you never know But this was good. This was a good match. There was one scene where as soon as Strowman put on that mask, Bray Wyatt just started laughing. He just started like having a good old time. Like he was just hysterical. And then, of course, it was all a ruse. Braun Strowman hit the, the power slam, got the win. After the match, Bray Wyatt looked at him menacingly. During the match, I forgot to say, we had the puppets, the Firefly Funhouse puppets. You know, we had the pig, we had the creepy witch, we had the buzzard, the, you know, the little mercy the buzzard we had rambling rabbit and after the match there were several times and even bray wyatt even hit a sister abigail and Strowman kicked out of that you know what i miss man i miss the days where you know and i wish they would do this now where you don't hit the finisher that much you just it takes you a while to execute it throughout a match and then that finishes the match if that makes sense instead of hitting it over and over occasionally yeah i suppose you could have somebody kind of kick out and stuff like that but but to be quite honest, to be honest with you guys, I did kind of enjoy this a little bit. The match, after the match, you know, this is what I was saying. After the match, you obviously had Bray Wyatt looking at Strowman. Oh, by the way, no like little appearance from the Fiend. Obviously, in WWE could do it, but you had Strowman kind of like just walking off, and Bray Wyatt was kind of looking at him. So that kind of gives you the idea that most likely we're gonna get. We're going to get, of course, we're going to get this match again, but this time it's going to be The Fiend. And I'm excited to see that. Hopefully this is what they go with. Hopefully we get The Fiend, you know, taking on Strowman and hopefully he takes the title from Strowman, you know, because let's be honest, I don't want to see, I mean, look, I wouldn't mind seeing like a heel Strowman against the Jeff Hardy, or maybe you can do that match as babyface, babyface, because I remember when he faced Rollins as a babyface, that was a good match actually. But we'll see what happens, man. You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens with it. With it. And then we had, we had for the WWE Championship, we had Seth Rollins 
challenging Drew McIntyre. This match was was great. You know, we've seen McIntyre and we've seen Rollins face each other so many times. It's always been a good match between the two. The only difference is that now the roles were kind of reversed. So it was a little different in a sense. Um, match was great. Rollins and, and McIntyre beat the hell out of each other. Rollins hit a couple curb stomps. Rollins kicked out at one. I think he hit more than one curb stomp. And then McIntyre hit the Claymore and he got the win. So obviously, after the match, it was interesting because after the match, uh, basically, McIntyre wanted to shake Rollins' hand. He wanted to shake Seth Rollins' hand. And Seth Rollins at first was kind of like, kind of hesitating at first. But then, during the match, of course, Rollins shook his hand. So I don't know. I don't know if Rollins was faking it and maybe he's going to like pretend to kind of like Respect Drew McIntyre now and maybe attack him. I don't know if Rollins is turning babyface again. And by the way, Rollins had this new music which kind of sounded a little eerie. He has this like church choir music and stuff like that. He's really taking the Messiah gimmick that much. I think his ulting is going to be missed just because it's, it's you know, when Rollins ulting came out, at, at least it got you hyped up. So I don't know how this is going to get you hyped up. But, you know, the entrance was, was whatever's. The match wasn't bad. The match was actually really, really great. Rollins, of course, you know, did not win. Of course, McIntyre did defend the championship. And who knows who's next for McIntyre. Maybe we're going to get McIntyre, and sadly, I hate to say it, but maybe we're going to get McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Maybe we're going to get McIntyre and someone else. You know, we'll have to wait and see. But like I said, the match was, the match was great. I really enjoyed it. I thought both guys delivered. And these guys just show you, man, Rollins is, Rollins is a great pro wrestler, man. And McIntyre, you know, he, you know, McIntyre is great too. You know, he's really, he's really coming, he's really coming into this role. And I respect that as champion. And then we had our corporate ladder, ladder matches. These matches, guys, was... So many things. It was fun. It was crazy. It was just all over the place. It was just like, whoa, you know what I mean? Um, so basically, both matches were taking place at the same time. I had no idea how WWE was going to do it. But knowing WWE, they could obviously do it. Um, we had all the we had the men and the women starting. Asuka came out. She basically jumped on all the competitors. Um, the men just started fighting. You know, you had Aleister Black and Mysterio fighting. Corbin fighting with uh, Daniel Bryan. AJ and Otis fighting. There was one spot in the match where Otis actually put like a big weight on AJ. And AJ couldn't get up or whatever. AJ asked Rey Mysterio for help. And Mysterio was like, estas loco. And then we had, of course, the women fighting. The women were chasing Asuka. Asuka was in the elevator, you know, doing her her typical Asuka dance. We had several, we had a couple cameos during this during this match, which I think was great. We had a cameo from Bruce Pritchard, aka Brother Love. You know, I love you. So that was pretty funny. And then Rey Mysterio was like, I love you too, but I gotta go. And then we had a we had a cameo from fucking Doink the Clown or some guy dressed like Doink the Clown because I think the guy that played Doink, I think unfortunately he passed. 
away, but it kind of didn't even look like Doink. The makeup didn't really look that great, which is kind of weird because WWE, we know, you know, their makeup staff can always be on point. So then we had several, we had a couple cameos, not a whole lot, but then we had this one part where <laughs> I thought it was really funny. So you had Paul Heyman who was sitting there, and Paul Heyman, you know, was sitting there. Paul Heyman was enjoying himself as only Paul Heyman can. But obviously before Paul Heyman could even enjoy himself, you had all the men and women interrupt his little dinner he, he was going to have. I'm assuming it was his dinner. You had, of course, Paul Heyman kind of looking at them as only Paul Heyman could look. Kind of like, you guys are going to just, you know, mess up my dinner. And then um, they were all just looking at him. Otis, like, literally got Paul Heyman's food because you know in reality Otis obviously loves he loves his food you know what I mean and then <laughs> he like shoved it in Paul Heyman's face Paul Heyman got food shoved in his face and everybody just had this moment where they were like <gasps> and I was like why is everybody kind of looking why is everybody looking like that and then I was kind of like oh well you know Paul Heyman is his advocates Brock Lesnar obviously So that was pretty that that was pretty funny I thought. So we then had of course um we had AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan were fighting. Obviously those guys have history. Great matches with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan from November of 2018 going on and off to January at the Royal Rumble. Those guys had great matches. That was when Daniel Bryan kind of got his start as the vegan heel Daniel Bryan, you know, save the planet Daniel Bryan, which was great stuff. Um, we had one spot where Carmella got slammed through some doors by Nia Jax and Dana Brooke hit Nia Jax in the back with the chair. Carmella then hit Dana Brooke, then actually got what was a weird looking briefcase with money in it. She thought she won kind of, I mean, it was done for comedy purposes. It's supposed to be over the top. That, that was the whole concept was that this was supposed to be over the top in it. And it was, you know. It was. It was funny. I'm not going to lie. It was funny. And then we had Stephanie McMahon kind of look at her and Stephanie was like, Dana, what are you doing? You know, to get the corporate, to get the briefcase, you have to go to the top of the tower. So then kind of a, you know, weak moment for Dana Brooke. Then we had Carmella hitting Dana Brooke, like literally with that, with the picture of Carmella. It was like a big portrait of Carmella when she won Money in the Bank from a couple years back. Of course, she was all happy with this. And then she gets knocked out by Lacey Evans. Before that, we had Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler going at it. Shayna Baszler was my pick to win, but I will get to this in a second. Basically, they were all chasing each other. It was fun. AJ Styles was pissed off at Rey Mysterio for kind of leaving AJ hanging, even though it is every man for himself. And I kind of feel like maybe this is gonna be maybe this is gonna be the build for maybe an AJ Styles Rey Mysterio feud. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing an AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio match at SummerSlam. I think those guys can put it. I think. You know, and I'll get to why I think this in a second, but I think this would be great. Speaking of which, AJ Styles was looking for a Mysterio. AJ Styles was obviously very pissed off that Mysterio kind of left them hanging, which was kind of funny. Mysterio was nowhere to be found because they were all fighting all over the place. I mean, these guys were going literally all over the fucking place. Styles, we've we seen, because it is, you know, headquarters, WWE headquarters, we've seen several... 
posters of like WWE superstars from the past, the present, you know, pay-per-view covers. AJ Styles seen a Rey Mysterio poster, punched it. Then he's seen an Undertaker poster and obviously AJ Styles and The Undertaker, (laughs) no strangers to each other. And then AJ Styles all of a sudden goes into a dark room and AJ Styles was kind of distracted because that room with the purple light, The Undertaker's blue light, there was like a casket and I think I seen an urn. AJ Styles was just like, he was shocked. And then boom, right there, Aleister Black kicks him with the black mask, I think it was. Then he locks AJ in there and he kind of has to smirk. So I'm kind of like, that was funny. AJ was getting flashbacks of when him and Undertaker were fighting at the Buried Alive match, even though it was like a month ago. You know, very entertaining stuff. And then we had a food fight. All the wrestlers were fighting. You know, Paul Heyman was already pissed off as it is. One thing in this match that that I thought was kind of weird was that literally everybody in this match was kind of like... It seemed like there were times where they would hit each other. And they would kind of feel sorry that they that they hit each other, which to me, I'm like, why are you why are you feeling sorry because you're hitting each other? Just kind of didn't make sense to me. But it was fine for what it was. It was entertaining. I was entertained by this. To me, guys, you know, this whole show up to this point was entertaining. Um, we then had we had Oscar. Um, you know, kind of still running around and stuff like that. And then we had this guy who was mopping a floor or whatever, you know. So obviously, you know, with a floor, with a wet floor, you know, you got to be careful. You know, and I've fallen at work, guys. So, you know, it does not feel good when you fall on the floor at your job. And there was no mop, though, but I did slip on the floor. And there was so there was a part where Dana Brooke was running. All the other women were running, like Shayna Baszler was running, Lacey Evans, Carmella, Actually, Carmella was actually taken out because Nia Jax had, like, powerbombed her through through a catering table. You know, and Nia Jax, you know, Nia Jax must love where she was at because she was kind of in the head of front. She was from everybody, actually. She was kind of getting ahead from everybody. You guys know I'm not, you guys know I'm not a Nia Jax fan by any means. Personally, just because of her attitude. Doesn't matter. Love you, Killer Cross. <laughs> so, anyways, so... Dana Brooke was running, and Dana Brooke, of course, was the only one to slip on the floor, and Dana Brooke kind of had a nasty spill. That was a nasty-looking spill, you know, that Dana Brooke took. And this completely took her out of the whole match, by the way. (laughs) So then we had AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan still fighting. They actually fought into what I'm assuming is Vince's office. It has to be Vince's office. You know, you've seen somebody sitting from afar, but you didn't really know who it was until you seen Vince and Vince. Vince looks old, but the, but then again, like to say Vince look old looks old is an understatement because we know we know Vince is older. I mean, come on, Vince, you know he's in his seventies for God's sakes, seventy six, seventy seven, seventy five years old, around there. And if you guys remember that segment he did where he came out in Triple H's celebration, yeah, you know, and any other time you've seen Vince talk, you know, Vince is just he's, just, he's an older man. Happens to us all, you know, if we're lucky to experience it. Happens to us all. But this is funny. AJ and Daniel Bryan stopped fighting because Vince was looking at them. They kind of messed up Vince's chairs. And Vince was like, get out. And that was it. <laughs> it, was, it. It was funny. You know, don't get me wrong. It was funny. Um, kind of wish Vince would have done a little more than say get out. I wish there was kind of, I wish there was a part where maybe Vince was like, this is such good shit. And you know what I mean? Because everybody knows that's what Vince says best. This is such good shit. So anyways, 
AJ, AJ and, and Daniel Brown were both very nervous with getting Vince's stuff messed up. Vince, of course, put on the hand sanitizer and, you know, of course, the whole, you know, got to keep clean. Social distancing, you know, COVID-19, Vince following orders as he should, even though there's reports that Vince kind of takes this as not too seriously, which is weird. So anyways, um, we had AJ, AJ and uh, Daniel Bryan continued to fight. AJ, of course, was getting the upper hand. Alist- uh, Alistair Black came back. Or was it? It was Baron Corbin. I'm sorry, guys. Baron Corbin came back. Baron Corbin, of course, attacking both guys. Asuka finally made it to the roof. And she was going up to get the briefcase. Nia Jax came out. Lacey Evans was there. They were brawling. Asuka got the best of them. Baron Corbin, for some reason, tried to stop Asuka from winning it, which was kind of weird. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, guys, there was really one cool spot where Shayna Baszler actually had the Kirafuda clutch on Rey Mysterio for no reason. You know, I don't know why they were interacting with each other. Again, it was weird, you know, having this be at the same time, but I enjoyed it, though. It, w- it was fun. Like, I thought I thought it was fun the way they, the way they all did it. I thought it was real fun. So we had... So, so yeah, so Shayna Baszler had Mysterio and the Kira Fuda Clutch, which was, which was pretty fun. Sure, it was a cool moment for her. And then we had, of course, Asuka actually trying to get the briefcase. Corbin, for some reason, was stopping her. Again, don't know why Corbin tried to stop Asuka. just didn't make sense to me. Asuka kicked Corbin off, and then Asuka actually, she got the briefcase. So... Right away, I already lost because I picked uh, I picked Shayna Baszler to win it because I felt like Shayna was obviously the right pick to win. Don't get me wrong, nothing nothing against Oscar winning. Look, Oscar, I give Oscar credit because Oscar, since she's been there and you, she's been there, you know, for a while. She's kind of she didn't really take too much time off. She was there, and I give Oscar credit. She, you know, she was there and she's been there and she's been enter- entertaining. Yeah, sure. I think a lot of us miss the dominant Oscar, but she's still dominant when she wants to be. And that's the scary part. She could be really funny, and then she could be dominant as well. So, you know, not not a bad combo for Asuka. And now she's missed money in the bank again. I mean, I don't know. Look, I don't want to see another Asuka and Becky match. We've seen it several times. We know Becky and Asuka can put on a good match. They've done it. And they could probably do it again. But, you know, who knows? I'm sure Asuka's going to be... I'm sure they have plenty of entertaining promos for Asuka with this briefcase and stuff like that. And by the way... Uh, Kevin Castle, one of the guys that I watch a lot from the Don Tony Kevin Castle show, he actually said on Twitter, he thinks Asuka's a better promo than uh, Jake the Snake. So, you know, that was pretty funny. But Asuka wins it. Shayna, I didn't like the way she was portrayed in this match just because I wish, I wish Shayna would have, you know, won it. But it was kind of weird. Shayna just had one little bump from when she was thrown into the, uh, she was thrown into the, um, she was thrown into like a wall and stuff like that, which was kind of weird to me because it was kind of like, yeah, she was thrown into a wall and that was kind of it. So I was kind of like, really? I mean, this is Shayna Baszler too. This is the same Shayna Baszler who's been fucking breaking all kinds of bitches arms. And then it's like, eh, you know, I'm kind of like, come on. But um, yeah, Asuka wins it better than not, no Nia Jax. Asuka wins it. And then, um, 
We had, of course, Corbin trying to get the ladder, trying to get the briefcase. But Daniel Bryan came back, Mysterio came back, Aleister Black came back, and they were they were fighting and stuff like that. We had Corbin actually throw, he tossed Rey Mysterio off the building. We didn't see where he landed. We heard we heard a bit of a splat, and then he throws Aleister Black off a building. Why did Corbin do that? Why wasn't that done to Corbin is beyond me. Really weird. Not how I would have booked it. The way I would have booked it was... And it didn't even look that cool. Like, I thought they would have had a camera where you see someone falling. Now, obviously, yeah, it, it, it can be difficult to do a spot like that. I understand that. But you see it in movies all the time. And WWE, they have the money to do it, you know, more than likely. They obviously do. But this is how I would have booked it. Now, look, I'm happy they still did something like that. But I wish – and by the way, people were actually posting pictures of, you know, Mysterio and Aleister Black were apparently killed off. You know what I mean? So they actually posted pictures of their of their deaths. It's kind of – I mean, not funny, but, you know, it is kind of – it's silly. You know what I mean? For, for them to – but, man, this is how I would have booked it. I would have booked Corbin throwing off – okay, if he's going to throw off Mysterio, whatever – and then Alistair Black just fucking black masks him off the building. Or maybe just Corbin falling off. There was a second where I thought Corbin was actually going to win it again. I was kind of like, oh man, please don't let Corbin win it again. <laughs> but either way, you know, I guess it was entertaining in the sense that, well, we've seen someone fall off the WWE headquarters, I guess you could say. Two people. Daniel Bryan, of course, was back in the ring. Daniel Bryan was fighting, Corbin was fighting, AJ came back, and stuff like that. Um, we had we had one scene where, well, one part where AJ and Corbin were, were fighting for the briefcase. Otis came back, and then all, all of a sudden, Otis captures the briefcase. It fell off, AJ held Almost had it. Corbin almost had it. But then Otis finally... He he catches the briefcase. And he freaking wins. Otis wins money in the bank. I kid you not. Otis wins money in the bank. Wow. Crazy, man. I'm a, Look, I'm an Otis fan. Otis is very entertaining. Otis is obviously one of the most entertaining parts of the show. Let's be honest. And the guy's, the guy's with Mandy Rose, so just imagine how happy he is. But I was I was shocked because I was like, they actually had Otis win the match, you know? Now look, I don't know if Otis is going to get screwed out of the briefcase. I wouldn't mind seeing like a, maybe an interpromotional type of a match where, you know, you have AJ say, Oh, you know, I should have I got the briefcase. And then you do like AJ and Otis maybe at Backlash. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think that would be pretty cool. But the match was fun. It was really fun. You know, I thought it was really entertaining. I thought overall the show was the show wasn't bad. It was good. They put on some great wrestling tonight. Great matches. Great match with Jeff Hardy. You know, great match with uh I thought with Bailey and Tamina. Great tag team match. Great match with uh of course with Rollins and McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Great entertaining very weird but entertaining cinematic match with of course the money in the bank <laughs> with the money in the bank ladder matches overall guys i'm gonna give the show a b 
And shout out to WWE for the entertainment they put in this Money in the Bank letter match. I think everybody showed personality. I think even Dana Brooke showed a little bit, a little, a little bit of personality. So great stuff, guys. Great stuff, you know, for Money in the Bank. Um, like I said, I don't think Otis is gonna hold on to that briefcase for long. Maybe they'll do a screwy finish with him. I think it's way too early to put the belt on him. Because the guy is talented, we know that. I think he needs the tag team. I, I think he needs a solid tag team championship run first. But I do have a theory. I don't know. Maybe freaking Tucker, Tucker Knight, his partner, who we haven't seen, is maybe. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll do a celebration angle where he's with Tucker on SmackDown. And obviously, I was, I was kind. You know what? I was kind of like, why is it Mandy Rose? You know, out here fucking kissing Otis. You know what I mean? And by the way, no Mandy or so, no Sonia or Dolph trying to screw over Otis. Kind of surprised. But that was your money in the bank, guys. Overall, I think the best matches of the night were obviously Jeff Hardy and Cesaro, Rollins and McIntyre. You know, I really loved the Bailey match. You know, I'm excited because I think we're going to start getting the build with her and Sasha officially. Um, Bray Wyatt obviously is going to be the fiend to take the belt from Strowman. Maybe Bray can say, I was just playing with you, Braun. Yowie, wowie. And now he's going to be the fiend. Let me in. You know what I mean? And shout out for the cinematic Money in the Bank letter match. Really entertaining stuff. Only thing I did not like, I did not, I did not like the build for Shayna in the match. I didn't like the way she was kind of just like, you know, the way she was like, I guess you could say, just kind of taken out of the match a little bit. I didn't like that. I did not like, you know, Corbin not taking the fall. But at the same time, I would have much rather him see, okay, if he's going to toss Mysterio or toss somebody, whatever. Imagine if he would have tossed Otis. But then you see, boom, the, the black mass. And then there, there, there goes Corbin. Like maybe you can show him going into like the water or something, you know. Because who knows what WWE has in there, man. But overall, you know, look. Shout out to Asuka and Otis. They won it. I mean, Asuka and Otis, you know, where do they go from here? No idea. Maybe we'll see Asuka start. Because Becky Lynch is going to be taunting the winner of the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. It was said last week. So maybe she's going to be, maybe she's going to taunt Asuka. Hey, who knows? Maybe Shayna Baszler challenges Asuka for the briefcase. Maybe we get a match with Shayna. Look, maybe at Backlash we get two matches for the briefcase. Maybe we get Shayna and we get Asuka. I know it, it kind of, it kind of like, kills the whole vibe of well they won the match but i think maybe with otis you can do that maybe otis maybe you don't want to do that i don't know because who knows what's going to happen maybe we're going to get Shayna randomly challenging becky again and maybe oscar cashes in then i have no idea i know a lot of people are saying oh you know Shayna's buried on the roster look like i know i know like one of my one of my idols for podcasting obviously jd from ny206 you know, he says, you know, Shayna's buried. And look, hey, look, JD can think whatever he wants. Hey, that's his that's his channel. You know, he has the right to think whatever he wants. I respect the man's opinion. But my opinion is, you know, I think you can never use the term buried that much in the WWE in wrestling because you never know when things can change like that. And obviously, but hey, you know, look, that's what he thinks. Hey, he has every right to think that personally. I think, yeah, Shayna Baszler obviously doesn't have the look that Vince goes for. But I think Vince has to be smart enough to understand, you know, you have 
a legit badass in Shayna Baszler and you have your top woman in Shayna Baszler for the division. She is one of your top women. She can be. You just have to give her the right sense of booking and it's up to her as a talent to make it good. And I think she can. Look at how great she was in NXT. Shayna Baszler was the best in NXT for the women's division. She was the top in the women's division there. She did so great. And now that she's on the main roster, it's just kind of like, I mean, that's that's two major losses they've given her. That Once at WrestleMania and then here at Money in the Bank 2020, you know, for the women's ladder match. You know, but, you know, it is what it is. Anybody but Nia, you know what I mean? And Oscar winning it, you know, good for her. I'm sure she'll put on some good entertaining promos with it. As for Otis, you know, it was a shock to have Otis win, and I like when WWE does shocks. Otis is entertaining. Him winning was great for him. Great, you know, great win for Otis, definitely. Great win for the character. But I can, I can honestly see AJ Styles coming out tomorrow and cutting a promo and saying, I want Otis. I had the briefcase. You know, same could be said for Baron Corbin, and maybe Otis has to fight to keep it. Never been a big fan of that because it's like once you get the briefcase, you get the briefcase. Maybe sometimes if it's kind of done, but then again, it's no rules. But then it was it was a little weird because AJ and 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 Corbin, it slipped out of their hands and Otis got it. I've never seen a you know ending like that. So I guess you know shout out to them for that. Shout, shout out to them for the whole match. I liked it. It was very cinematic and it was enjoyable. All right, guys. So that was your Money in the Bank uh, review overall. You know, fun show, good show, very entertaining, especially with the cinematic. Never seen anything like that before, and I know WWE is gonna most likely do more cinematic matches, and we'll see how they do it. We do have Monday Night Raw tomorrow, guys. Edge is gonna be back. I don't know if he's gonna be wrestling Randy Orton or what's gonna happen, but obviously that's gonna be continuing. I wouldn't be surprised if they get back together. Maybe Randy Orton ap- tries to apologize, and maybe Edge doesn't take his apology. But then Edge says, for, "Well, for the risk of my kids and them, I want them to see that I can be the bigger person." Even though it's like, well, Ed, well, Randy Orton only tried to end your career, and he referenced your kids several times, and he RKO'd your wife Beth Phoenix. But still, you never know. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. And then we have Becky Lynch, you know, basically going to challenge, I guess, Asuka or, like, confront her. Where does Drew McIntyre go next? You know, we'll have to wait and see. Is Rollins a babyface? Is he going to continue this feud with Drew McIntyre? We shall wait and see. But we do have your Monday Night Raw review, guys, coming up tomorrow. You know, come back for that, guys. I will be back tomorrow with with the review for the show for Raw. With that being said, guys, thank you guys for tuning in. You guys are incredible. You guys are amazing. Once again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You know, hope all you guys are safe as possible. You guys are amazing. I'm going to get out of here, guys. Have a great night, and I'll catch you guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow for Monday Night Raw. Enjoy, guys. Peace.